Welcome to Crossroads of Culture and Christianity. I am your host, Jacob Jellison, joined as always by my co-host, Aaron Hove. We thought it would be important in light of the recent ruling by the Supreme Court if we spent some time talking about what it means, um, this overturning of Roe versus Wade. How does it impact us? What does it mean? And where does the church go from here? Uh, how important of a decision was it? These are all things that we wanted to take a little bit of time today and address. When you look at, uh, and, and it'll be important in just a moment to consider what happened more recently, but just background, Roe v. Wade is a decision of the Supreme Court that goes all the way back to 1973. Uh, and it was a 7-2 decision where the United States Supreme Court decided that an expectant mother had the right, the liberty to choose abortion if she so desired. Not only did she have this liberty and right to choose abortion if she so desired, but that right and liberty was protected in the Constitution of the United States of America. Uh, so that's that's all the way back 1973. Uh, since then, there have been many many abortions uh, that have taken place legally in America. Uh, and, and that's, it's only concerns us law. Uh, there are obviously abortions in other places in the world as well. Mm-hmm. But this is very much focused on just United States of America law. And so Roe v. Wade, 1973 is, is when that it was a famous decision of the court been referenced numerous times. Uh, and, in the debate between the sides, and I don't even like the way we term them, but the the two different sides, one side gets termed pro-choice uh, as though the other side isn't for choice. Right. Um, but, but in this particular matter, the pro-choice side says, yes, we have the right to choose abortion if we want it. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, it's a constitutional right. And then you have the pro-life side that argues for, the right to life of the unborn yeah, and uh, argues that we don't have the right to take their life. And so both sides reference back to Roe v. Wade frequently. Uh, many times they do. Uh, and so it's an important decision in the U S Supreme court and here more recently for the first time uh, since Roe v. Wade was passed here recently, it's finally came up back again to the court uh, and they made a different kind of a ruling right so now they overturned it and i think it was a six three decision yeah six three they overturned it which to kind of talk a little bit about what that means uh, because there seems to be some misunderstanding potentially on both sides but uh, just to kind of clarify what that basically means is that means that at a federal level the Supreme Court can no longer step in if a state wants to outlaw abortion. They can no longer step in and say you can't do that because it's a constitutional right covered under law. So it's not it is a it's it's a victory for as you said the pro-life side of things and it's something that we should be very much excited about because it really is a historical thing that we just witnessed. The the difference is though and here's here's where the church really can step up and and make an impact. The difference is is that abortion is not necessarily illegal now. Right. Basically all that happened is the Supreme Court said we are no longer going to step in. Each state can choose 
on its own what it wants to do with the idea of abortion or with with abortions. Uh, and so if a state decides they want to outlaw abortion and they decide that, hey, in this state, we are not going to allow abortions to take place anymore, which I'm sure there are some within the union that will do that. I wish all of them would, but um, you know that there are probably some more states, you know, California, uh, New York. I mean, it, barring a miracle, I doubt those states are going to outlaw uh, abortion. It's just the way it is. Uh, and there are other ones as well, but those are probably your two big ones that are probably not going to. But basically all it's done is it has turned that decision over and said, if you don't want to uh, legalize abortion in your state, that is now your right. And so it's not that abortion is illegal. It's not, it's not illegal now. Um, it's basically just on a state level, it can be decided. Do we want to keep it? Do we want to get rid of it? And that's kind of where the church can step in or people that are, uh, you know, in favor of allowing children to live, <laughs> you know, it's the right. best way to put it. It's where they can step up because you can, ha- you have a voice in your state. You sure. know? And one, uh, one person that I just uh, seen the other day, a post, I believe it was on Facebook, made the comment that you need to call your local legislators and voice your opinion toward this issue for your state. And that that's true. That's very important. Right. You really should do that. Make your voice heard because each state has to now make the decision. Are we going to outlaw it? Or are we going to keep it? And so we can be the voice of opposition, you know, not hatefully and not mean and not violently. Uh, we don't do that. That's not how we conduct ourselves as Christians. We don't go out and burn things down and run people over and, uh, you know, things like that. That's not how we do it, but we can make our voice heard to our local legislators. Right. And I don't know how many States will be caught up in deciding in the end between the two extremes of will we keep abortion legal or will we make it illegal? Right. It'll probably be more somewhere in the middle where the states are rather trying to decide what kind of restrictions they put on it. Probably. Or how free they keep it. Yeah. You know, can a woman decide for any reason she wants an abortion? Um, Does she have to go through counseling before she gets an abortion or not? Uh, Does she have to see what her options are? You know, are there options available to her, like adopting her child out? Uh, If it's a minor, do they have to have parental consent um, or do they not? You know, some states are going to impose more restrictions. For sure, yeah. That would try to shut it down uh, and limit the abortions. And and then you'll have those states that will try to make it much more freely accessible for anyone with very little restrictions. Mm. Uh, even, even coming down to the timing, how late can you have an abortion? There's some states that are going back that way up, you know, yeah. whether it's, well, once you can detect a heartbeat, you no longer can pursue the route of abortion, you know, whereas other states are going to say, no, it, we can go much later, you know, whatever that's going to look like from state to state. So I think a lot of states, I don't, I don't know that we're going to look to see, at least not right away, any states just total, totally outlawing. But I think you'll see a lot of restrictions in some states, mm-hmm. and others will be very free with how accessible it is to various individuals. So you'll have places like Oklahoma and Texas that'll be very restrictive. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, uh, places like, and you already mentioned California, New York, that'll mm-hmm. be pretty freely accessible to anybody. Yeah. And, and again, the Supreme Court didn't make a ruling that abortion was illegal. Mm-hmm. 
all they did was they overturned their previous decision, which means, as you said, and you said it so well, the Constitution and the U.S. Supreme Court isn't the one safeguarding abortion and deciding all the restrictions on it. They just threw it back to the states. Right. They So their decision more recently is uh, we were wrong then, basically in 1973, according to today's court, at a 6-3 ruling, mm-hmm. in 1973, the court was too activist. It stepped into territory it didn't belong in. Yeah. The court's not supposed to make law. No. And uh, the Constitution doesn't determine uh, the detail of abortion and whether a woman has the right to choose. Right. And so all they did was they threw it back to the states. And that's one of, and you mentioned that, and that's one of the confusions I've seen in a number of articles or posts about this decision recently, uh, that they've, a lot, some are assuming that, well, that must mean abortion's illegal. No, yeah. Uh, Roe v. Wade the overturning of it doesn't make abortion illegal. It just, as you said, throws it back to state legislatures. Mm-hmm. So now each state legislator uh, body can can choose how they want to restrict or how they want to make abortion more freely accessible. And that's an important point that you made a minute ago. You were talking about uh, in 1973, the court overstepped its bounds and basically made a law because that's exactly what they did with the Roe v. Wade ruling. But the purpose, and a lot of people don't realize this, the purpose of the Supreme Court is not to make laws. It's right. not. The purpose of the Supreme Court, their main purpose and function is to um, interpret what the Constitution says in any given situation. So that's basically why it's been overturned as not a constitutional right anymore, because their job is to interpret the constitution and basically dick not dictate but state you know whether this is constitutional whether this is covered under the constitution or whether that's covered under the constitution that's the job of the supreme court it has nothing right. to do with making laws we have legislators for that part that purpose uh, but they did overstep their bounds in 1973 and so it's a relief to see uh that change and that be reversed right and uh so what they did recently was as non-activist yeah as could be even though there are some on the other side which i mean many would look at me and from a political perspective i would be considered a conservative for sure oh yeah me too uh, but many would look at uh from the other side I've, I've seen some some articles and postings from the other uh, a more liberal perspective that have come along and basically accused the supreme court today of being very activist <laughs> you know we have We've got a problem. We've got an activist conservative court. Yeah. Uh, well, no, they 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 were con- constitutionally conservative, yes, but activists, no. Right. They were activists in 1973. Right. Today, all they did, they didn't pass any laws. No. All they did was recognize an erroneous previous decision the court had made mm-hmm. and they threw it back to state legislatures which is yeah. Pro- proper yeah so we're supposed and to so be. now the state legislatures have the right to decide well with all of this in in one sense we rejoice because it does give if you hold a biblical perspective and maybe someday we'll talk more about the issue of abortion delve into some details some arguments for the pro-life position but I mean, I think of Psalms 139, where the psalmist says, I'll praise thee for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, right before it, he talks about God covering him in his mother's womb. Mm. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. 
My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. And so it begins to look at the fact that God is looking on this one that is unborn. Yeah. And when you hold a biblical worldview like we do, that the unborn still a human being. Yeah. Loved by God. It's we rejoice in the fact that now conservative states that want to say, um, let's put restrictions in place for abortion. Let's 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 pass laws that will limit abortion. Um I rejoice in the fact that we'll try to protect the life of the unborn, and those states will be allowed to do that. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, it is, as you said, a victory for those states that would try to do more to protect the life of the unborn. Um, yeah, absolutely. But, but beyond the legal victory, and there are still going to be numerous abortions, because as you mentioned, New York, California, other states like that that are going to probably still be very freely accessible to anybody to have abortion. You're going to have, if somebody's in a conservative state and where the laws limit abortions and they wanted abortion, you're going to have them crossing state lines to go get their abortion. Mm -hmm. You're going to have them crossing state lines to go get an abortion. That's just, that's what's going to happen. Uh, But I wonder how the church can step into this and in no way, shape or form, can we dictate what we must do? No. Um, I can't look at someone and say, well, you have to do X, Y, Z, whatever that is. Right. But I wonder if in some ways it will create this rule. And I think we ought to be prayerful about it. But if in some ways it will create some possibilities, some open doors for the church. Mm -hmm. For instance, you take a state that may be more conservative leaning and passes laws more restrictive toward abortion. Is the door more opened for the church to help expectant mothers that normally would have pursued an abortion, but because of the state's restrictions is, isn't sure she's going to go that direction. Mm -hmm. And is it possible for the church to step into a void? And you already mentioned it, not just be a voice to their local legislatures, but also to, be willing to come alongside in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, these these mothers who now need some help, whatever that's going to look like. Yeah, um, there will be some, and and you and I before we got on here even mentioned this. There will be some who will who may look to adopt kids, who may yeah. look to um, be involved in with foster kids. There may be some who will do that. Yeah, and that's great. Um, that's great. Not, and, and it's not as though all of us will do the exact same thing. No, nor should you feel pressured to. Right. We all play a, we all play an important role in the grand scheme of things, and there is ways that we can all help, and that may not all look the same. Right. But at some level, I, I think the church ought to be prayerful about Absolutely. our place right now. Right. When as, as things are shifting, what can we do? How can we be involved? Mm-hmm. Um, how can we help? And it's possible that through some of this, there will be more open doors for us to be able to be involved um, and help in a great way. And wouldn't it be wonderful if if the church is able to be involved in some settings? Mm-hmm. And it may vary from place to place how that involvement, what it looks like. Sure. But if the church was able to be involved, wouldn't it be great if some expectant mother who felt hopeless walked away and didn't just have someone giving her good options 
but someone that was able also to tell her about the Lord and give her hope, not just now in her life, but eternally. Yeah. And so there may be some open doors for the church to step into in the near future. For sure. And and as you said, we should be prayerfully considering what role we can play. Sure. Because we're not all going to play the same role, and that's perfectly fine. I'm not going to jump on you know the bandwagon of, of pressuring one one direction or the other i don't i don't know that that's the right approach uh, but i do think it is important to prayerfully consider how we can help because that's really as the church where else and and i want to be careful because i i understand that uh, there are other organizations out there and things like that but sure where if not the church where else can people that are in trouble and need help turn? You know, really, as the church, our goal and our our function should be to reach out to those that are hurting and those that do need help and those that are, you know, lost and don't know where to go. That's our purpose as the church and not just with, you know, well, I'll pray for you. Right. And that's important. You should pray for people. But that's not enough. I mean, there there does have to be a time when we put our our feet to the you know to to work and and we do more walking than just talking about it you know we actually do something and i think that's very important and so there's many i mean many charities many and most of this is done by the church and Mm -hmm. so when people in fact whenever i was growing up i remember and and i think this is important to point out but when i was growing up i remember in our church uh, there there were people that would stop by that were homeless or uh, sometimes they were drug addicts you know and they were just looking for a quick uh, buck to go buy another fix. Uh, but they would stop by and they would try to get money. And the reason they would do that is because they would target churches is because they know usually the church is going to be a giving place, a place where they can find what they're looking for. And sometimes what they're looking for is not what we want to give them, right. but they at least know that they, they recognize, you know, I'm going to go to this church. You're not, you're not going to find them going down to the local bar you know, <laughs> right. Hitting up the drunks for a dollar to, you know, it's not going to happen. You're not going to find them going to the, honestly, I mean, I know this is the reason I even bring this out is because we've seen something today. My wife and I seen something, but they're not going to be going to the local satanic church trying to get charity. It's not yeah. going to happen. Uh, and so it's, it's the Christians, it's the church of Jesus Christ that is going to, uh, be the ones that are going to help others and reach out in compassion. And so that's why it's so important. This is so important. This is a pivotal moment in, in our nation's history and in our nation's future, really. Sure. I mean, I posted something the other day and I still stand by it. You know, it's, it's a, this is a glimmer of hope for revival in our nation. Our nation desperately needs revival. Desperately. And so if we see this, this time where we're at a pivotal place, we're at, we're at a crossroads, if you will, of what do we do next? Well, we are presented through this ruling with a great opportunity to see revival come and to reach out to those people that would have just given up all hope, went and had an abortion, and that'd be the end of it. But now, like you said, we can reach out to these people and show them, hey, there's a better way. Uh, give them hope where there was no hope and, and, right. and be the, the hands and feet of Christ, you know, as it is. Yeah. And I think, too, um, so the voice of the church is important. You mentioned talking to local legislatures. Yeah. And uh, the voice of the church is, is hugely important right now. Um, in fact, Paul, uh, writing to Timothy, calls the church uh, the pillar and ground of truth. Yeah. And so the church becomes the place in society. The church is the place that ought to shape what, what the truth that society perceives is, mm-hmm. you know, what we perceive as truth. The church ought to become an important place Absolutely. that shapes that. 
Uh, and so it, even in society, um, as we look, the church has an important role to play just in her voice and and the influence of the church as we're salt and light in the communities in which we live. Right. And that takes an effect and begins to affect even up to the various levels of government, mm-hmm. you know, impacted by that. Um, it's, I think the law does more than just, and, and it does this, but it does more than just attempt to control the actions of people. Mm-hmm. Although it does try to do that. Sure. Okay. It, I mean, when you have laws that prohibit murder, it's trying to control actions and we enforce those laws. And if we catch someone trying to murder another human being, we'd stop them. We enforce the law. And if they do murder another human being, they're going to pay a price of some kind. It, it tries to prevent an undesirable outcome by controlling actions. Right. Right. But I'm going to also suggest that the law does, doesn't only control, try to control actions. Mm-hmm. I think it, in a large part, it also influences. It, the law acts like a teacher. Yeah. It influences people's perceptions of what's okay and what's not. Mm-hmm. And when you have laws passed that allow, and not just allow, but even approve of certain actions or lifestyles, the perception in society is going to become much more favorable of those actions or lifestyles. Right. right. And when you have laws passed that uh, prohibit certain things, the perceptions in society are going to, even though it may not be a hundred percent, they're going to be turned more bent more against those actions. And so the law acts as a teacher. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not foolproof. It's not as though everyone agrees or goes along with it. You're still going to have mixed ideas. It's yeah. always the case, but it does act as an influencer of our of society's opinions as to what's acceptable and what's not. Right. Um, now, I will say local laws have less impact now that we're so socially connected through social media and the internet, Hollywood, all of these things. Those things play a great role in impacting us too. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, because the world is so interconnected, our local laws have less influence in teaching us than what one day they did. But still, there's a measure of an impact there that it, the, I guess the phrase that would be good, if I can borrow the phrase you used just a little while ago, it's a glimmer of hope. Yeah, it, absolutely. It, it can teach, it can have some influence. Maybe we can make some headway in influencing public opinion. Uh, and, does it mean that people are saved just because they share the pro-life view? Not at all. Um, but it it certainly makes a world of difference for the unborn. For sure. Absolutely. So we ought to pray about our place, what steps we take in the near future, look for direction from God. And uh, But it is encouraging to see. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there, there are probably in the future, I think we are going to do some episodes on some arguments against abortion because there were some things that had arisen uh, that we've seen recently in the news and through the different protesters, some pretty illogical arguments as yeah. it relates to the whole abortion argument. And so we want to take some time probably in the future and deal with those and kind of show how 
they're illogical and show the the faulty reasoning behind the pro-choice quote-unquote mentality and mindset. But today we just wanted to spend some time um, dealing with this as a victory for the church, the people of God, but to also encourage you that it's not the end. You know, this is a big deal and it's a major ruling, but this is not the end. It's not as if, okay, well that solves all of the issues. There are still, there's still much work to be done and we need to be prayerful and we need to put our prayers into actions as well. That's true. I would like to say one thing and that's, uh, sometimes when, when we see these hopeful decisions that may line up with our biblical convictions, Mm -hmm. um, Sometimes we get really hopeful, excited, encouraged, and we slow down in praying for our nation. Yeah. Uh, We slow down in seeking the face of God for revival for our country, for the world we live in. And we just get excited and we just kind of settle back and take it easy for a little bit. This is no time for the church to take it easy. Right. No time for us to sit back and become prayerless. If anything, our prayers ought to continue. If anything, we ought to be on our knees begging God to get a hold of the hearts of men and women in our country and across the world. We desperately need revival. Jesus is coming back, but until he does, we need God's help. Don't get careless. Don't coast through this thing. We need God's help desperately. It's a glimmer of hope, as as you already said, but we still need God desperately. If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us at askthecrossroads at gmail.com. We're going to continue doing some episodes where we answer listeners' questions in the future. We also have a Faith Builder episode that's going to come up pretty soon. Uh, And so we'll hope you'll join us for those. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.